You're listening to Season 3 of the Hypotheticals Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Adriano. And this episode is sponsored by Steal Me and Filch's Isolated Abandoned Treasure Chests. Super valuable stuff left lying right out in the open where anyone could take it, just for you. Adriano, I've been wondering, how would our world be different if the logic and physics of video games applied in real life? That is a great question, Andy. I have to say my first thought is that uh, cosmetics will be disproportionately expensive. (laughs) Uh, Which isn't to say that, you know, like some designer clothes and posh makeup and stuff aren't already very expensive, but I feel like we definitely see a greater tilting of the economy in that direction. That's just, that's off the dome. Yeah, everyone would just get uh, loads of random crap all the time because you couldn't buy just like the thing you wanted. You'd have to buy a loot box (laughs) and hope that you had the right shade of makeup or whatever in there. Yeah, there would be a lot of that, actually. Yeah, God, loot boxes in real life. I mean, there's already an element of that, but I guess they tend to be for games. I guess there's some... You get blind auctions and things, don't you? Like, this eccentric billionaire died and left uh, these 16 shipping containers full of unknown <laughs> miscellaneous goods. <laughs> what do we start the bidding at? $10,000. Yeah, but but yeah, not normally for, like, clothes shopping, which is one of the main things in that seem to be in these loot boxes, is, like, you know, hats and stuff. Yeah, you know what? I'd almost... Because the thing is, whatever's in the box is guaranteed to at least fit you, right? Which is one of the major uh, yeah. surprises of clothes shopping. Um, like, my fiancé is currently engaged in... Uh, you know, like, when you when you <laughs> have, like, a... to you. She is! It's so convenient. <laughs> I'm engaged to her as well. <laughs> like, what an arrangement. If only there was a name for it. Anyway, um, she's... Uh, you know, you know those processes of like wardrobe renewal, where like you, know, you got a bunch of stuff doesn't fit, you don't like, you just find you don't wear it, and so you, you buy new stuff, right? Yeah, you She's do like a that. Marie Kondo, and uh, does it bring you joy? And if not, you uh, toss it out the window. Exactly. Yeah, just burn it in the street. And <laughs> the thing is, it's uh, it's COVID land, obviously. Um, and she's not doing it in shops, she's doing it online, which on the one hand is uh, great and very addictive and she's managed to get like incredible bargains on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very envious because the kind of clothes I want to buy, they still don't sell them as cheap as I'd like on eBay. Waistcoats are very expensive, Andy, it's ridiculous. But you don't know what you're going to get, and more importantly, if it's going to fit until it arrives. So that's a lot of the like surprise element of online shopping until they get super good and can like 3D map it onto like a scanned avatar of your body, which, you know, give them a few years, maybe. But in the meantime, ah, that makes the whole loot box thing for clothes difficult IRL. But if they all were going to fit you, hell, I'd do it. I'd wear whatever miscellany came out of those things. (laughs) Whatever like weird childish logos were scrawled over it or like... You just end up wearing loads of goggles everywhere and like, I don't know, <laughs> baseball caps and, and flaming swords, which you, you know don't what? really wear. But <laughs> You're reminding me that actually I say I'd be on board with it, but playing cyberpunk and just discovering that I'm not a huge fan of the cyberpunk aesthetic, Andy. I'm a cyberpunk snob. There's some things I really like and a lot of things that I don't. And the stats on the clothes in that game make no sense. Like you can have a hyper armored like mini skirt. But then, like, <laughs> these, like, super thick trousers will have, like, much less armor. And, uh, yeah, and if you want the best armor, you've got to wear just whatever you find that has a good armor value, even if it looks terrible. And it's been a constant source of strife. <laughs> well, to shift it away from loot boxes, um, obviously one of the main things is health in mm. a video game. 
And in a lot of video games, it, it you know, it's very much a... In the real world, medicine has a variety of ailments and a variety of things that can go wrong from a too broken many. leg to... Yeah, yeah, too many. It's too hard to learn them all. Why do doctors get paid so much? Oh yeah, all of that. Well, they wouldn't get paid so much in this universe <laughs> because you've got one thing wrong with you and it's that you don't have enough health. Mm. And all you need to do is restore some health or get some more added on and you'll be fine. It's true. Like a level one priest knows some form of weak healing magic you know yeah. like day one you arrive at priest school you know it's <laughs> like hey sonny what do you want to be i want to be a priest ding and like suddenly you can like cure the lame i mean in this world that is reserved for you know like literally god's son you know yeah, like, like yeah, one jesus, guy <laughs> jesus was a level one priest it turns out apparently so or you know like a few <laughs> like a handful of faith healers and gurus and what have you you know allegedly uh, but yeah, in video game land, everybody gets healing magic and it's great. And even if you don't, I mean, health packs, how expensive are they going to be to produce? You find them lying around in like dystopian post-apocalyptic streets in dumpsters. Yeah, just lying around everywhere. It's like, oh, what's this? A thing which will make me instantly healthier. I don't need that. Toss it. It's fine. <laughs> Elixir of mortality? Man, yeah, get out of here. It's probably stale. I'll keep these cans and bits of string on my body instead <laughs> for when you loot me. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or oh, Cyberpunk again. There's just decks of cards all over the place. Just like pristine. And yeah, the omnipresent like health kits, obviously. It's just ashtrays, decks of cards. There's not very many trash items. So by God, you accumulate a lot of decks of cards. Yeah. But also, you know, with health, often it's the fact you may not have a priest. It may just be that you eat stuff and you become healthier. So yes. if this was logic was applying... Rather than overeating being bad for you and, you know, you put on weight and it puts you at various risk factors, mm. um, you, the more you eat, the healthier you're going to be with no downsides. Like, just hoover it all up and you're going to be fine. <laughs> I never considered that. Very few games model, like, obesity. I think The Sims does a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the only one. There's none which are like... You know, yeah, like in Skyrim where you eat 15 wheels of cheese because you're fighting a dragon and your health is low. Um, yeah. What's the meme? Isn't there a comic? Is that what you're referencing? I think I am, yeah. But it's probably what I heard from you. So. It's possible. It's so good. Maybe I've even mentioned it before on this program, but it's yeah. great. It's but like some... A, some villager talking to someone else like, oh, I saw the dragonborn once, like my son. Uh, it was incredible. Ah, oh, tell me more. Was he heroic? I stopped in the middle of a battle and ate 15 wheels of cheese. <laughs> Yeah. In milliseconds. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, nothing happens in, in Skyrim in that. It's just like, and your broken leg is fixed. Or, you know, uh, suddenly all those arrows sticking out of you don't seem so bad after all. Yeah, you're fine. Even in The Sims where, like, getting fat is a real thing, uh, it's purely cosmetic, I believe. There's no health risk factors associated with it. You're just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Completely fine. So, um, so yeah, that would be good. Obesity as a, as a problem, just gone. It's fine. Everyone can be however they want. Yeah, and if you don't like it, you just toggle those things in the character creator. Or, you know, like, if it's the kind of game that's stingy and won't let you change your character midway, then, like, you find, like, the one guy you have to talk to to rename your <laughs> yes. Pokemon, or, you know, mm -hmm. there's the special rare item. Or yeah, you there's, pay a, there's always a guy who can just completely rearrange your face and body. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> I know that, you know, we're in a post-apocalyptic uh, wasteland, um, but there's still an amazingly good plastic surgeon. Priorities, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you give that guy enough bottle caps, he's you'll get it done. <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, a lot of health stuff would come with very few consequences because um, 
Okay, some games, there's like, I'm playing a lot of Don't Starve at the moment, and uh, there's food that will make you healthy, and then there's food that you eat, because otherwise you'll starve, but it like de decreases your health, like if you mm -hmm. eat monster meat too much or whatever. But for the most part, real life is fraught with way more poisons and health effects, and I mean, like, take drugs, right? If I want to carry more stuff in a video game, I just chug adrenaline or steroids or protein powder or whatever it's got, and my carrying capacity just goes ding, ding, ding for 30 mm -hmm. minutes, no side effects whatsoever. Yeah. Well, some some video games will have slight side effects. It'll be like, you're not as good at talking to people uh, while you're carrying that stuff. But it's never like... Oh, that's true. Um, you have a, you know, a 1% risk of a heart attack because you've taken, you know, 20 doses of cocaine to get you through this, this, uh, this speed challenge. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, like, cancers in video games. There's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of addiction. Like, you play Left 4 Dead, you pop a lot of pain pills. Yeah, it depends what kind of game you're in, I guess. But yeah, it's Left 4 Dead certainly is like... <laughs> yeah, in that you're not healed, you just kind of cope with the pain <laughs> yeah. through drugs. Hmm. Which, I guess, to be fair, every Left 4 Dead level... And I mean, we have to recognise, really, this is entirely genre-dependent. Yes, yeah. Right? Like, the health thing is common to shooters and RPGs. Okay, the health... The thing of a health bar, I guess, is cross-genre. You've either got lives or a health bar. If you're mad lucky, maybe you just have one of those stamina recharge things where, like, oh, you get shot a bit and then you just huddle up behind a boulder and breathe deeply for a few <laughs> seconds. And then... Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know... In this world, you can get shot as many times... You can be shot thousands of times and never go to a doctor as long as you leave <laughs> at least 30 seconds between getting shot each time. Then you're fine. Yeah, or like if you have enough baked beans on hand or, whatever, you know? <laughs> like, it, in a way, it makes sense. Eventually, like, with enough bullets in your body, new ones are just going to ping off. Yeah. <laughs> That's limit. how they made Wolverine, isn't it? <laughs> just shot the hell out of him. <laughs> It would have been easier. I feel like that's that tank they had him in with the injector, like that's a lot of unnecessary tech. They've already got guns. The guy heals. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. Brutal. Well, I was thinking though, um, in terms of uh more yeah, like generic video game stuff, um, quite often they'll match you uh in terms of your level. So obviously on a basic level, you start off and the levels are really easy and then it gets harder as it goes on. Mm -hmm. But some games like RPGs also have it where as you level up and gain skills, they match the level of the enemy uh, to, so that it's always challenging and, and never like th that you come across someone who just instantly kills you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in this scenario, as your life is going on, you're always sort of perfectly matched in how difficult it is. But as your life goes yes. on, it does also get harder and harder. So you need to like, the more that you improve on yourself, the more that you become a, a healthier and more self-fulfilled being, the harder your life gets um, <laughs> to try and grind you down. So like, yeah, so um, I, I don't know an example of this, but maybe that's kind of how life works for some people as well. <laughs> but I don't know. I reckon, honestly, I crave that. I think um, life is arranged like that for very few people and mm. the vast majority of us, it's a lot messier. And I think yeah. that's why games are so appealing, right? Like an RPG, like an MMORPG, some other types of games too. Like it's a job sometimes, you know? Mm. You got to get those wolf pelts or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, it, you're, you're grinding. Um, but it's compelling because you get like the right reward of effort to... Sorry, the right ratio of mm. effort to reward is what I meant. 
so, you know, yeah, you play a bit and then it's like, oh, I'm bored of this thing, but that's when they introduce the new harder enemies or whatever, or the new, now you've unlocked crafting or whatever. I want my life to be like that. I feel like high school was a grind. Yeah, that's that's probably the peak of, of hardship, I would say. Yeah, for, you know, not for everyone. Some people thrive in high school, and mm. the, the lucky few. But uh, And some people are born, you know, with like tons of generational wealth and they get like a, you know, everything's nice and easy until they have a crisis at some point and decide they need to, you know, like who knows? Some people have it backwards, some people have it forwards, lots of confusion. Video games neatly arranged. I crave that gentle progression. Mm, and predictability. You yes. can tell You can tell where it's going, yeah. And also, if you're in a video game uh, world, for various challenges in your life, you have infinite goes. Like, maybe not if we're following, like, the Dark Souls thing, where it's just like, ah, uh, you die. But for most <laughs> video games, you can, like, you can just save before a hard bit, and you can just keep going at it until you get it right. So, yes. it could be frustrating. I was thinking, because, like, obviously this sounds great on paper, but... It depends if the challenges are things that you decide to do, or whether, like in a video game, it is set for you. So, um, you may not actually want to overcome the challenge. For example, if you kept failing your your wedding day because you didn't actually want to get married, but the story is dictating that this is your wedding day, mm. and to pass the level, you have to get married. So, you keep running off with the maid of honour, or uh, you fall down a well so that you can't go, or you get really drunk the night before and, and try to miss it completely. Um, but every time it just resets you back. It's like, nope, you're getting married today and you <laughs> failed. It just comes up with a big, you know, you failed banner. And then you wake up in your, uh, with like some champagne and orange juice next to you ready to go. You know, that honestly sounds like the plot of a promising uh, romantic comedy. <laughs> and it's a little bit unwoke that it's about and i'm assuming a guy here maybe you were intending a girl or a, a non-binary chap I, I don't know but like it's it's a little unwoke that like oh i don't want to be tied to the old ball and chain mm-hmm. that's a, a little old-fashioned but it's kind of the plot of groundhog day right kind of yeah except he's like trying to well groundhog day is a weird one because it's quite creepy he's quite an mm. odd guy and like he kind of becomes a better person by the end but originally he's quite messed up he is and the weird thing is that it kind of just rewards him succeeding in sleeping with a specific person like that's yes. when he fixes it spoilers mm-hmm. i guess but i guess the implication is that he becomes a better person through discovering like genuine love that isn't just narcissism so i like the idea of uh, the game deciding like no you're getting married today to this person like life just says this is your life script you get to do as many times as you like fail as much as you want but it's gonna make you do this i reckon if it didn't have that requirement then you'd have all sorts of situations where people were like i have decided this is the year i yeah get married you know whatever like this is the year i do the thing and it's something that you're not ready for or that isn't going to bring you happiness or that you're conflicted for and we'd discover all kinds of interesting new psychological disorders um that have to do with like compulsively looping certain days right like until you get them perfect you know like oh i i can't bear the fact that my daughter's turned 16 so i keep reliving her last day as a 15 year old over and over and over right. you got to get therapy to help you move past these points in your life yeah if, if 
And therapy, no, I'm sorry, therapy would be super hard because <laughs> you got to pass therapy the first... every every session. Because yeah, it's the first session over and over and over. It's like in Groundhog Day when he goes to the piano lesson. It's the first mm-hmm. time she's seen him every single time, but he's just slightly better every day. But it would be like that with a therapist. So there's no pre-existing relationship. You have to yeah. go introduce yourself and see how far you can get in one day. <laughs> and well, and oh god, your life would be so long, but not in a fun way. Because I think someone did the calculation on how long Bill Murray was in Groundhog Day, like how long it took him to learn to play the piano, learn to ice sculpt, learn to, you know, do all of the stuff he did so that he learned everyone's names. And it was it was like 80 years that he was in Groundhog Day. <laughs> oh, no. so, so he's actually like a 120-year-old man <laughs> by the end of that film. Yeah, scary stuff. But yeah, you do, you do that times every day of your life. So... <laughs> Well, the important ones, certainly. Yeah, I, I think it'd be it'd be really difficult not to... There's a, another movie, right? Um, About Time, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he uh, he loops back on, like, important days. Like, first day he meets his girlfriend and stuff, I seem to recall. Yeah, trying to fix stuff so that it, yeah, is fixed in the future. Makes no sense as a tri- time travel film, but uh, it is a good film. They mostly don't. You've got to make allowances for time travel. I figure they're either super clever or then not you know what i mean there's not a lot of middle ground it's either like look just run with it buddy or it's like <laughs> i actually did all the thinking and i'm a lot smarter than you there's two types of time travel writer i think well we spoke about the sims earlier and i just like to focus a little bit in on the sims um because there's a lot of scenarios in there that uh, end up which just wouldn't necessarily be very fun fun <laughs> so um for example if you if somebody removes a ladder from a swimming pool the you're classic. dead. Yes. You're dead. <laughs> so, there, there's no way out. Uh, th- sorry, this is just your, well, this is just your death now. Um, also, like, random life events just sort of happen to you. Mm. Like, again, it's the, the lack of free will thing. It's like, you just seem to switch careers and personality types seemingly on a whim. Like, your house is, is building and decorating itself around you without you having to do anything. Uh, and even I'm... if you, like, hate it. Like, it literally, like, stuff will pop up and the sim will wander over and be like, huh, new stuff, that's weird. <laughs> and, and, like, they'll either like it or hate it. Um, yeah, like, to get dressed, you just spin around really fast. Um, Convenient. Which would save time. Um, and But, like, yeah, like, the, the whole time scale is distorted. Like, you can become best friends with someone within one conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and granted, like, the sims is supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be a condensed version of real life but still it's like you talk to someone once and they're like hey uh i'm gonna propose to you or something um <laughs> yes. and then like you and also if you practice guitar or like whatever the skills on the sims are like cooking or whatever for a week straight you just like become a virtuoso mm-hmm. and then you never have to practice again like <laughs> like if this was the case like you just put in uh 50 hours of piano and then for the rest of your life, you never have to practice. You're just brilliant at piano forever. Yep, it's true. Sims is a great one for like life completionist. And again, Fedra plays Sims this way. She's uh, very key. Like some people just torture their Sims. She's keen on like succeeding with their life, you know, like they've got to achieve all their ambitions. She's got to get them like right the way to the top of the career and then start a new career and get right to the top of that. It's all about that success train. But then, presumably, whenever you, like, moved house, because, like, whenever someone moves in in Sims, they always have no skills. They're like mm. a blank canvas. They don't They don't appear to have a previous life. They don't have connections to anyone else. Yeah, like, they're not a virtuoso of anything they, at all. They don't seem to have parents or anything. Um, mm. 
So you lose all your skills and all of your friends when you move house. And essentially your memory is just wiped and you show up to some random place, which is often just an empty plot of land. Um, yeah. A- and just sort of have to start. <laughs> well, the thing is, because that sort of thing, if you're thinking of it in terms of being the character within the game, then it gets real creepy for a lot of games really fast. Because like, take your survival horror genre, right? You die and then you pop into existence like naked and scared in the woods. And then that just keeps happening to you. Yeah. There's, you know, yeah, it's there's, like problems. A, there's a Black Mirror episode, which is kind of like that. Is there? Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. I thought I'd seen them all. The one with the, like, the forest and she's running away from all the people with chainsaws and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. spooky stuff. Black Mirror, recommended for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's good stuff. <laughs> Maybe not right at the moment. <laughs> it's probably not the lighthearted stuff that people need. Okay, it depends whether you crave lighthearted or not. Yeah, it's fair true. enough. It's true. Uh, I've completely lost what I was talking about. Sims. Sims and timescales. Uh, mm. I love the timescale thing. I remember I played a lot of Rollercoaster Tycoon and it... It's the the thing where, like, one day, like, for an individual character is huge in the yeah. sense that it's just, it's, it's really zoomed in one way and zoomed out another way. I don't know how to talk about it. Like, it, it takes weeks for someone to queue for a roller coaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, the months are ticking by in the corner so that you can have seasons and so that your three-year objectives can happen. But, like, someone enters your park and they walk from one end to the other and it's been, like, four months. Yeah. <laughs> they just it's, the, it's the ultimate experience. <laughs> yeah, and they never sleep. In a lot of games, you never sleep. Yeah, and, like, your workforce are just always work. Like, what's my shift this year? Oh, you're on for six months and then off for six months. Or <laughs> you just, <laughs> Or you pop into existence to construct buildings as needed and then disappear, like, depending yeah. how sophisticated your RTS is. It used to drive me nuts, actually. The first time I played Tropico, I was used to games like Age of Empires style of thing, where you just, you build a building and it just builds, you know? Like, it takes a few seconds, whatever, but it just, if you have the resources, it goes. And then Tropico, like, your dudes, like, go back home and then have to, like, travel back to the workplace and, like, oh, today they're tired or hungry or whatever, so they go shopping instead. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I have to manage these people. <laughs> but no, go over there. I clicked you. It didn't work, so... I don't want real life <laughs> in yeah. video games. God, no. So what we've learned is that is that a lot of it would be frustrating for God as well, actually. Yeah, I mean, it could well be that we are just in The Sims, but for God, like, he's probably got pretty good graphics. He's got a good, uh... Mm-hmm. Um, What's it? A, a graphics card. I was like, what's the card for graphics called? <laughs> well, the fun part is we wouldn't necessarily be able to tell because what I want to talk about was that um, in games, typically, you can tell it's a game because of its limitations, right? Like the physics engine will only go so far. Like I love the in the source engine used for Team Fortress 2, amongst others, one of my favorite games. Um, like you can stand on the tiniest ledge that it doesn't do the thing where you will like slide off a surface. If there is any horizontal component to it whatsoever, <laughs> you can stand your whole body on there, feet firmly perched on thin air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's stuff like that, right? Like in Halo, the first one, people made a sport out of warthog launching. Yes. You Did you ever do this? I think so. Was it where you blew up a, a warthog? Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it and... just absolutely launched you across the map. <laughs> it was so good because the the Warthog, which for anyone who hasn't played Halo, is like a jeep. 
um, was indestructible because this game was released in like 2001 and you could carry up to eight grenades per player. <laughs> so you and a buddy could plant so many grenades under this thing and it would just go <laughs> super far. And uh, yeah, I feel like... Oh, and then for Halo 2, they came up with swords that had like a lunge effect. And if you, like, if a buddy went up high somewhere and then jumped down and lunged at you as he was falling and you lunged at him as he was falling towards you, then you would get slingshotted like into orbit. Lots of silly physics things. So I think if we did live in a simulation, which we might, then the key would be figuring out like what you can exploit basically. Yeah, there'd just be a parkour revolution because everyone can stand on tiny ledges <laughs> without fear. Right? Because <laughs> you're, you're not going anywhere. So everyone's just like clambering all over buildings and stuff. There'd be all these like frictionless surfaces. There'd be these other things that you can like clip through if you hit them at the right angle. Yeah, but also <laughs> it depends what kind of game you're in. But obviously like a slight incline, you might just be unable to walk up it. You've got to jump oh, up yeah. the incline. You can't walk up it. And some games won't let you jump. There are a few things more irritating than games with like low fences and things and no jumping ability. Or those gosh dang invisible walls. Like, no, we don't want you to go here. Sorry. This is a bit of a tangent, but um, in I think it was in Halo 3 or 4, me and my friend Liam discovered a glitch where... <laughs> so, you know, the Banshees are like the, the alien flying aircraft. Ah, uh, yes. Which are normally like... The, they're like, I don't know, the size of... Um, uh, I don't know, like a car, um, sort of. Yeah. And they fly around. But we discovered this glitch where, um, for some reason, they're all driving into walls, just constantly driving into the walls. And we're like, oh, this is weird. Nice. And then I saw this tiny little blue dot. And I was like, what is that? Because they like emit this glowing kind of vapor trail behind them. Mm. And I saw this tiny little blue dot. And it was a tiny banshee. It was about the size <laughs> of, 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 I don't know, like a computer mouse. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what is that? And so... Normally, the way that you climb inside a banshee is you're sort of lying down on your front. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like those roller coasters where you're in the Superman position. Do they have those? Oh yeah, yeah. There's one at like uh, Alton Towers or something. I almost, <gasps> I think I almost fell out of one once. It was fun. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but so um, you're you're in that position. So obviously, when you get when you try to get inside this tiny banshee, <laughs> you're like it looks like you're riding a broomstick. Yeah. Because as you're like flying around, you're leaving this vapor trail behind you, but the, you're not in. There's no vehicle. You can't see anything. So you're just in this weird position. And uh, yeah, never been able to replicate that glitch, but it was it was amazing. That is delicious. That is, yes. The glitches are so good. So yeah, just imagine like, like, huh, my car is suddenly tiny. Oh, well, and you get in it anyway. <laughs> you're, you're sitting there and just driving it as though as though the car is actually there. It's true. If anything, it's the apparent lack of glitches that is probably our best argument that we're not in a computer simulation. But I, I'm reminded of other stuff like uh, Red Dead Redemption. Are you familiar? Uh, the zombie... No, is it zombies? No, no it's just kind enough, of Western. Yeah, it's just Western. I, I don't know why it's called Red Dead Redemption. Anyway, uh, I think there was a lot of fun stuff with the physics of like the horse being able to climb practically vertical surfaces. Mm. Uh, and also, every so often, like the mechanics of a character and the model used for that character would get swapped somehow. So I remember seeing a video where they discovered a donkey, which normally you can like tame and ride around and stuff, use as a beast of burden, but it had the model for an old lady. <laughs> 
So she was just hobbling around, whatever. It wasn't that noticeable. But then you could like press X to ride, and then you just oh, climbed no. onto her shoulders and just hobbled around on this old lady. And that was funny. But then what was even better oh. was there was this one sequence where like these guys were. There's like a Mexican uh, guy and like banditos have taken over this thing or whatever. You got to like follow him and he's like, hey, hombres, come with me sort of thing. You know, very mm. stereotypical. And uh, he's a he's a coyote. <laughs> his, <laughs> like it was a cut scene. I don't understand. Or not necessarily a cut scene, but like it wasn't just a randomly spawned like donkey. It was like a guy in a sequence like he always says these things always goes to this spot waits for you to catch up but he got yeah. spot for the coyote so you're just like <laughs> all right doggy boy let's go <laughs> show me where the bad guys are <laughs> so yeah in case you just peep in your life will be swapped out with random animals and he's like i guess this is fine yeah <laughs> they still <laughs> perform the same functions like the limited ways in which i can interact with them it's fine yeah so because that's that's a sli- well this would be a more sinister thing but obviously Non-player characters, NPCs, are a big thing in video games. So mm. you'll have your core characters who are more well-developed, but then there's, like, just random people who might you might have a couple of conversations with or not even talk to at all. They'll just say, like, one thing. Um, so you'd get them in the real world. And then yeah. you'd have this weird thing. It's like, I know a lot of people who, when they play RPGs, uh, I can never do it, but some people just, like, causing chaos. Like, they just shoot everyone that mm. they find. Like, I'm like, oh, I've got to be nice to this random bit of computer code, <laughs> otherwise he won't like me. But other Dude. people are just like, ah, whatever, it's a video game. Um, so people mm. would have that in real life, which is kind of scary. The scariest thing, I guess, is that some very few people actually have that in real life. But yeah. Like, there'd be... You know, I wonder, I guess, because um, you'd have it two ways, right? You'd either have, like, there's be a, a small, not like you, the 1% or whatever would be player characters, and then everyone else would just be drones, and it would always be really easy to tell whether someone had like something important to say to you because instead of just being like press X to talk and then they say like one line, it would like launch a whole dialogue <laughs> yeah. tree. Uh, or they might even pop up on your map with like a little exclamation mark like, ah, oh, this guy has a quest for me. So that'd be really convenient, you know, like, is this meeting going to be useful? And then you like look through the glass partition and like nobody's got an exclamation mark over their head and you're like, ah, no, there's nothing there for me. It's fine. And they just have the meeting on loop without you, whether or not yeah. you're listening. Very convenient. Or, or we are all player characters to the important people in our lives, and we appear as NPCs to everyone else. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to move on to Assassin's Creed, if that's okay. Oh, please. Did you did you play much Assassin's Creed as a kid? I think I played the second one exclusively. I really uh-huh. liked climbing around Florence and Venice. It's very cool. Yes, that's. Second one is probably the best, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff which doesn't really make sense in it, which would be quite funny if we tried to apply it to our world. So if this were true, bales of hay would simultaneously be soft enough to cushion your fall from 100 metres in the air, but also dense enough to prevent you from being smashed against some very solid planks of wood or stone. Yes. So, <laughs> like, the, the fact that you just jump into bales of hay and it's fine is absolutely mad. Um, so presumably you could repurpose uh, hay into body armor, like the world's best bulletproof vest. Um, so you've just got like loads of soldiers who look like scarecrows wandering around because you know the bullet enters and just immediately is cushioned uh, completely before it can reach your uh, your body. That's it. That's exactly the the exploits I'm talking about. Yeah, that hay would become the most valuable substance on earth. It's just like <laughs> an infinite. Like, uh, like what, infinite inertia? No, not even. But just like whatever velocity 
It just reduces it to zero. It doesn't matter yeah. what hits it at what speed. Just nope, you stop now. Yeah. You're in the hay. Uh, but it's not it's not elastic. It doesn't fire it back. It just absorbs everything. Yeah, the bullet just hits you and stops. And it doesn't even deform the bullet. The energy just goes nowhere. Yeah, maybe you've got to be really careful if you then burn that hay because it just causes a massive explosion as all the energy is released that it's been <laughs> storing up. Maybe, or like whatever insane mystical substance it's made of just gets diffused into the atmosphere and then that's very dangerous. You know, you'd have planes dropping out the sky. But another fascinating property of hay in this world is that you can phase through it. So in Assassin's Creed, mm. uh, there's often these bales of hay around in carts for no apparent reason. Um, but when you jump into a bale of hay, if you think if you tried to do that in real life, you don't just suddenly become inside the hay. Oh, that's you true. Would be, you would be lying on the hay because it's not a liquid. So, <laughs> but, in this, but in this scenario, whenever you try to hide from someone and you'll like instantaneously be hidden, you just jump in and you're, you're suddenly, you know, invisible to the naked eye. Yeah. And you don't leave any indentation. There's no trace of you having, you know, left an imprint of where you've jumped in. And then like, you don't like scurry with your hands to like dig yourself in. You're just inside it. Um, and you can see everything happening around you. So you've got this wonder material that, uh, yeah, that can be used for pretty much anything. So basically, yeah, the hay from Assassin's Creed, whatever they're making the warthogs out of in Halo, <laughs> you'd have yeah. these like incredible materials that would just like revolutionize everything. I'm sure there's objects that like, um, are co- there's tons of completely immovable objects, obviously. Um, there's tons of indestructible stuff in games and probably there's stuff that will always move no matter how much force you apply to it. I, I can't remember any in Assassin's Creed to be fair, which is what we're talking about. I think I remember some in Halo, but I'm excited about the kind of like perpetual motion machines you can construct with these. Yeah. And there's certainly, especially when combined with glitches, you can just get stuff which just rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls forever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a couple more things with Assassin's Creed, uh, talking about becoming invisible, um, if you walk in the middle of a group of six people, you're just invisible. No one can see you. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if you're you're trying to hide from the police because you've just killed hundreds of people, just just stand in a group of six people, um, waving fans about, and you'll be fine. And you're the only guy yeah. dressed yeah. <laughs> literally in an assassin's uniform. Yeah, because they have a uniform, so everyone knows that you're an assassin. So yep. subtle, and you're in the Caribbean or the Mediterranean or like typically somewhere super warm, unless it's like there's a Scandinavian one. I know there's so many, whatever. Even in the super warm, I mean, they started in the desert, for gosh sakes, and he's wearing about 18 layers and a yeah. big old hood, and he's the only guy, but he's an assassin. <laughs> Nobody sees him coming. And also, you can just walk into the middle of someone's, like, there's a six-way conversation going on. And, like, people carry on talking. And you just, you're <laughs> standing in the middle. They're, no one's like, who the hell's this guy? Get out of here. They're just like, I'm just going to carry on talking to Jeff as though you're not here. It's true. I'm like, oh, the social dynamics in games don't even. Actually, I want to I talk about those when you're done with Assassin's Creed. I've just remembered a thing about fate. Fable, <laughs> okay, no, no, fate. you go, you go. Yeah, okay. What I... <laughs> you ever played Fable? Uh, I haven't, actually, no. Okay, so Fable was an RPG, I want to say like a similar kind of difficulty and intensity to Zelda, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I think it was an Xbox exclusive instead of Nintendo. It doesn't matter. The point is, I played Fable 2 and um, yeah, fairly easygoing RPG. So there's less grinding and they had a fairly easy, uh, instead of like having to grind up your like speech 
ability or like your reputation with a certain faction or whatever, what you had very Sims-like was like a wheel of gestures and actions. And you could unlock certain, you know, like certain items when you do something or whatever. There was some complexity, but basically you choose from this like radial menu of actions. So, you know, like high five or like uh, hero pose or pull funny faces or whatever. And they would elicit reactions from whoever you were talking to. So sometimes it'd be like, okay, I need this specific person to like me because... Uh, and that was the, at the core of the whole romance mechanic. Like if you wanted a spouse, then you just had to flirt intensively with someone <laughs> until they liked you enough to accept like an engagement ring and then they were yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, once you're like a hero of some renown, I think they start putting up statues to you. Like <laughs> you, you can go either, either you become mad evil or mad good. If you're mad right. evil, people run at your approach. You start growing horns. It's a whole thing. I went for the good option because like you, I'm paralyzed by a sense of unnecessary morality <laughs> in video games. Yeah. And I wish I got the evil option because at least people get out of your damn way. And if you set fire to them, it doesn't ruin anything. If you become too good, this is a PSA for anybody looking to play an incredibly old video game called Fable 2. If you become mm. too good, you, you perform a thoughtless gesture in the middle of a town square or wherever, and you are mobbed by people (laughs) demanding autographs or whatever and you can't move and you can't walk through them and woe betide you if you get backed into an alley because there's just this throng and you can't jump over their heads or anything and your only recourse is to start lobbing fireballs or hacking your way through them and then (laughs) oh suddenly they don't like you and oh you're a bad guy why would you do this and it's just it's exhausting Oh, that is amazing. Mm. Yeah, the world of celebrity would get a lot uh, more bloody, wouldn't it? I mean, to be honest, I I don't know how anybody leaves paparazzi alive, like, as it stands. I don't know how it remains illegal to hunt them for sport. <laughs> yeah, they are one of the few groups of people, along with probably investment bankers, where literally no one likes them. Yeah, hedge fund managers. They just, it's, they're parasitic. I'm sorry. Like, there's just... No, if like if you're if you're listening to this and your job is to basically be the guy who hangs around schools snapping pictures of kids, <laughs> except you're doing for it. Celebrities, yeah, yeah, and because they're famous, it's okay for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, because the money's good, so who you know people will buy it. Then what are you doing with your life? Anyway, <laughs> took a serious turn for a moment there. Let's get back to the silly old video games. Uh, Skyrim, Skyrim. Ah, yes. Um, had to be talked about. Ah, where to start? Like, no matter how much giant armour, no matter how many flaming swords you own, some random people dressed in rags and holding clubs will always think they can take you. Oh, yeah. I don't know, like, it would make the job of armies in the real world more difficult, because they're obviously, like, armed with insane equipment. But you just have, I don't know, just, like, random people would just be like, yeah, I could probably take them, like... I don't know. Would it? I, I don't know how effective that would be. Like, maybe it would just make invading somewhere really hard because literally the entire population is just like, yeah, we can take you, whatever. And so you've just got to fight your way through hordes of people rather than like people actually having some sense of self-preservation. It's true that there's a there tends to be a lot more aggression in games. Yeah, there's a lot more propensity for like you perform one aggressive act and then suddenly you get dogpiled by like every inhabitant of the town. Yeah, and it's like if you you know in a video game if you kill eight people out of the ten that are attacking you. The last two guys are not like, huh, maybe we should call it quits and run away. <laughs> They're, not. They're like, we're in this till the end, even though you haven't taken a bit of damage. 
It's true. And there's all these games where, like, you're, like, this, you know, this this mobile mincing machine of blades and things, but still the enemy ninjas come at you, like, one at a time until you go into the next room. And then the guy who's been listening to you eviscerating all his pals is like, oh, it's my <laughs> turn now. I guess I better <laughs> jump in. But, yeah, I guess just this world, there would be no sense of self-preservation. It would just be, you know, and every, like, every violent action has to be met with with aggression yeah you can't run away that's not an option it's just like right fight mode engage off we go it's true you're either an innocent civilian in which case you run yes. or quite often just cower helplessly and if you're in cyberpunk 2020 uh, 2077 uh then if you will disappear if the player character just spins around 360 degrees uh <laughs> anyway that's your that's your job or you're another uh you're an important npc and your job is just to die horribly because yeah all you know how to do is kamikaze rush and similarly, with the aggression thing, like, all wild animals would just hate you, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and will attack you whenever possible. It's like, I'm just wandering uh, through this beautiful forest. Oh, look, a bear. And it's attacking me instantly. Yeah. That's not how bears work. Bears don't just, obviously, some people are attacked by bears, but it's not usually just because they're wandering past. Like, they um, see you, and then it's time. Yeah, and like packs of wolves don't generally attack people. Like that's very rare. Individual wolves, for God's sake, like foxes. Yeah, <laughs> raccoons. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. What do you got? Yeah, like a particularly angry deer attacks you. I don't know. Like, just everything is is just like we really hate you. It's true. They usually fall like very simplistically into like animals that will leave you alone. Animals that will run away and animals that will get you. And that's the same in real life, but the dials have just been twiddled so that aggression is a way more likely outcome. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I guess there aren't as many because we've killed off all our large animals, <laughs> our large wild animals in, in Britain. Mm -hmm. But obviously, if you were to take a walk through the US, like through a forest, you would not make it out. You'd go for a two-mile hike and oh, yeah. you'd just die because all the animals would attack you. Like, the moose would kill you, the bears would kill you, <laughs> the wolves move. would kill you. Fun mountain lions, <laughs> squirrels. Probably, like, yeah, just, just terrible. absolutely hordes of them. Yeah. Tell you what, though, as if you can find enough uh, pine cones and squirrels and berries and whatever to eat raw, uh, you might be oh, able you'll to make be fine. it. Yeah, as long as you eat, <laughs> as long as you, after you've killed the bear, you eat it raw, you're fine. But tell you what's really frustrating, you kill an entire bear and you get a single tooth in a small piece of pelt. <laughs> and you don't always get the pelt. I just assume that, that they are really bad at skinning animals. Just like terrible, they, right? They like they did not do a butchery course, and they are really bad at it. So, like, all that they've got left with is like some tattered felt, like fur, <laughs> and uh, like one remaining eye. That's it. That actually makes sense because, if to be fair, if you look at the World of Warcraft aesthetic in particular, which I I dig, I play a lot of Hearthstone, and I I like the way the characters they got it's, everything's got like this chunkiness to it, you know. Like one of those spell books, like the leather covers on that, the little brass clasps on the corners, they're like an inch thick. Like it's yeah. insane, but it looks cool. But then also you're like, well, let's think about the practicality of this. Not only are your pauldrons the size of like the average person's chest cavity, <laughs> but also like that sword you're swinging around is about six inches thick and like eight feet long. There yep. is no way, like, they're, like, carving whatever butchers use, like, hunting knives, whatever, to skin them. You know that is going to be, this, like, twice the size of a machete. 
and four mm-hmm. times as thick. Of course they're not doing a good job of butchering this stuff. These guys have never seen, like, a finesse tool, like, in their lives. Yeah, well, literally, there's no skill for butchery, so just deal with it. You're just going to be rubbish at it forever. That's true. Yeah, there's no way to grind that stat. Yeah. Uh, kind of talking about um, the opposite of, you know, you being incredibly, like, armoured up and all these weapons and stuff. The opposite of that is that you can also wander around basically naked and no one cares. Oh, yeah. Regardless of, of whether it's snowing or not, which it often is in Skyrim, it's a very cold place. Mm-hmm. And you can just wander around in what is essentially like a loincloth and everyone's just like, hey, how's it going? One person might be like, huh, you look a bit cold. <laughs> but like, And you, you don't lose health, you're just, you're just wandering about and you're fine. Yeah, it's true. Not many games take temperature into account, actually. And as for public nudity, Cyberpunk 2077 famously lets you modify your own genitalia in, in character creation. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and um, in fact, there was some brouhaha at the beginning, because I think they uh, I, they did fix it, I believe, but like there was some unnecessary like gender locking. I think it was like... You could only have some hairstyles with some genitalia. Like if you'd mm. made the one feminine, you had to like, I, I can't remember right. what they did, but it was yeah. just like, people were like, why though? Anyway, whatever. They let you look how you want naked, more or less. Um, and I was like, does that mean that you can go around naked and it's just fine? Like you wouldn't want to stats wise because you wouldn't have any armor, but like, I'm curious about it. So I leave my apartment fully nude, uh, <laughs> some quite cool tattoos <laughs> and instantly the police are shooting me and oh, what? everyone is terrified. All the civilians just like crowds, <laughs> oh petrified. God. It's like a hostage situation. I'm like, <laughs> nope. Step back inside the apartment, shut door, um, yeah. put some clothes on. Uh, left the apartment. They still hated me. Big problems. Uh, reloaded the save. And I think it was just a weird glitch. Oh, okay. So actually nudity's fine. It was just like that first time. It was too much. <laughs> but once <laughs> they get used awful. to you. He was like... Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go out naked today, and rather than the police coming up to you and being like, uh, "Excuse me, Could you, you put some clothes on. This this isn't uh, this isn't good," and maybe giving you a caution, they just start shooting you. <laughs> <laughs> like no warning, just like, "Oh my god, we're gonna do this on the run." Well, one of the things that bothers me about a lot of games, I mean shooters in particular, aptly named, is that you typically only have like a couple of ways to interact with the world, and uh-huh. most of them involve shooting or like maybe the melee button. You know, and then, okay, you get your contextual, like, open the door, press B to ride the motorbike, whatever. But, like, for everything else, you either, like, walk on it, jump on it, hit it, or shoot it. And that's it. And sometimes you get, sometimes you get games that make you feel bad. That, like, you're so violent. And it's, like, you programmed it this way. What am I supposed to do? I basically spawned with a gun attached to my hands and all I can do is fire it. <laughs> like, what do you yeah, want? Yeah, it's like, going back to Halo, the the grunts in that are like these kind of cute little aliens who do shoot you, but they're pretty <laughs> they're pretty pants. They can't do much. It's and true. And you you're like a god. You can just mow them down, basically. Yeah. But often they'll run away and cower. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to kill the grunts. They're so nice. Like, yeah. I have to, because if I leave them, they'll shoot me in the back. But like... You'll run up to them and they'll just be hiding. I'm like, I just want to give you a hug, Grunt. Can I, can I hug as an option? Or at least tie them up so they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get hurt. Yeah, there's no incapacitate option. And in some games where there is, it's, I keep ragging on Cyberpunk 2077. It's a mess of glitch, <laughs> as everyone knows. But I'm really enjoying the fact that um, when I kill people, like with bullets and grenades, 
Um, their bodies just keep like twitching around on the ground. Mm. Not even like kind of like clipping through the ground and vibrating. Not like glitchy, but you know what I mean. They've they've they're like oh oh my head. They're like rubbing. You know they're like right. oh oh that really hurts sort of thing. But they're oh, okay. they're dead. And when I uh, like choke someone out, you know when I when I press like B or whatever instead of X, um, they're dead. Like you hit the next oh snap and then just oh crumble God, no. and they don't move. It's no. got it all backwards. Oh, so wait, if you shoot people, then they're like, you know, ah, oh, tis but a flesh wound. But if you choke someone out, then they just die. That's been my experience. Yeah. And, and it echoes how actually in the Batman Arkham Knight series, which I love to bits, um, Batman never kills, right? Is his rule. Yeah. And you can, in your bat vision, you get like x-ray vision of the enemies and it tells you their status and anyone that you have quote unquote killed is always unconscious. Yeah. But some of those guys, like, you hit them with a tank, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, most of the time they, you know, you punch them really hard and it's like, I'm prepared to believe, like, with a a gauntlet that armoured and like the amount of force I've seen this guy apply to bones... Like, I yeah. don't think you're okay, buddy. Like, that is a concussion <laughs> at minimum. Like, very likely brain damage. But okay, he's not dead. But yeah. sometimes, like, someone will get stuck between, like, a bollard and your Batmobile or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's not pretty. But they're always unconscious. Batman's like, activate delusion vision. <laughs> it's just like, everybody's fine. Nothing's bad happening here. It's all good. I think that's what's up. Yeah, like he had the hard... Like, like he got so distressed the first time that Lucius Fox or whoever, like, quietly just edited the software on his bat vision. <laughs> and it's just, he's much happier ever since. Much better at his job. Focused. Like, yep, still detecting a pulse. And this guy's <laughs> got his head, like, cut off. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fine. He's just, he'll wake up in a minute. It's okay. Ah, the day is saved. You're welcome, <laughs> citizens. <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah, just a final couple of points on Skyrim, um, which can apply to a lot of things with like RPGs. Like, there's chests of money and items literally everywhere. Oh yeah, like top of a mountain. You just wander around, and there's random just containers where you wouldn't expect a container, mm-hmm. and which mysteriously no one else has ever looked in before. <laughs> yeah. Or if they have, they haven't taken the really valuable items. Like, I'm just gonna leave this money in here, <laughs> and like people have come and had a look and like, oh, I'll leave that. I don't want that. Yeah, nah, gems. Yeah, but it's like it's like it's unlocked. everywhere. It's true. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, like sometimes in people's, you know, not in people's houses, but in their towns, there'll be chests. It's like there's a town full of people, and no one's looked in this chest. There's th- there's like literally dozens of thieves in the prison, <laughs> but no one actually thought to get the free money out of this chest. It's true. Yeah, there's a lot of. Like as a broad thing, there's a there's a lot of indicators that the world is built a simply like things like the panoply of human diseases and conditions are reduced to a health bar, and <laughs> mm-hmm. b like for your convenience as a player, you can just walk into anyone's house, you find all this stuff lying around. Very different to real life. It's uh, unless you're just a really good like housebreaker, in which case that's that's your real life. Enjoy. <laughs> One of the strangest things if this was real though would be. You know, you're asleep in bed and uh, just having a nice little dream. You, you're asleep on top of your covers because they never go under the covers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you wake up and you look up and there's a man standing there just like in the dark. And he says, can I see your selection of produce? <laughs> you go, oh, certainly, sir. 
You just roll out of bed and absolutely. You don't even have to go like open up your market stall or whatever because guess what? It's all in your inventory. It's all yeah. just there. Like you've been sleeping <laughs> with an invisible sack full of cabbages at all times. I've been waiting for just this moment. Yeah. Yeah. But also the fact that you can't speak to them from bed. You have to stand up. Uh, yeah. in order to actually speak to them. Well, you're not an animal. I mean, like, you've got to observe the niceties. Sure, you're in your bedroom and you don't know who this stranger is that arrived unannounced in your home in the middle of the night, but... In his demonic armour, yeah. <laughs> but he wants cabbages and cabbages are what you sell, so this is great, actually. Are you the guy that ate all that cheese? Amazing. <laughs> Can I get a selfie? <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, the thing is, I'm trying to remember now where the Skyrim... The Skyrim do the thing where merchants will run out of stuff. Uh, yes, I, I believe so, yeah. Okay, because some games will like have merchants with infinite stuff, and some games they'll run out, and sometimes they'll run out of money to buy your stuff off you, and you have to like carefully manage these like human like safety deposit boxes, essentially, right? Yeah, because also I guess there's also the games where, um, you know, they're a... Uh... Let's say they're like a fabric sales, but they sell you different kind of fabrics to be tailored and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can sell them eight hundred pounds worth of cheese, <laughs> or like eight hundred pounds worth of just any like like bits of like metal that you found on the floor, like this weird like river or something. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna offload like fifteen kilograms of this onto you. You're welcome. I don't know why that is so funny. <laughs> but they they just always buy it, and they're like happy happy to do business with you, sir. It's true. Oh my god. Yeah, sometimes at like really bad exchange rates, it's true, but just the <laughs> image of walking into a haberdashery with like, you know, just a small belt pouch or satchel or whatever, and they're just like, You're buying or selling? And they're like, selling today, and you just pull out a wheel of cheese, and they're like, here you go, and you pull out another one, here you go, here you go, and you just keep going. Yeah. Cause oh, oh carrying capacity would be so convenient. Yeah. And cause also obviously you don't need even need to buy anything in return. So, you know, most shops in the real world, you don't turn up with, like, uh, what kind of shop could you turn up to? I don't know. Like, you don't turn up to a clothes shop and go, here's all my old clothes. How much will you give me for them? And they go, here you go. Here's some money. And you go, thanks very much. Bye. And then you're off. I guess, yeah, everywhere's a pawn shop, I guess, is the logic. Yeah. Mm. But, like, for foodstuffs, which luckily rarely spoil, I, you know, only in, only in survival <laughs> games. So, yeah, that mm. cheese is going to last. Yeah. Oh god, that would be so good though. Like I'm so angry that you can't do that. And and often as not, like, there will be free stuff just lying around in random pots, uh, like in people's houses, that is as good as the stuff being sold in the shops. It'd be so much easier to make a living. <laughs> and also just the fact that like uh in Skyrim there's if an item is showing as white, it means you can just take it and it's not it doesn't belong to anyone, but if oh, it's yeah. red, it's stealing. And just to be able to quickly see like is this item some? Does it belong to someone, or is it stealing? Like, if you saw a bike on the side of the road, you know, which wasn't locked up, right? Like, is it like, abandoned? Right. Can I have it? You can it? immediately tell if it's been abandoned, or if someone's just accidentally left it unlocked there, so you'd know whether or not it was stealing to take it. Because, like, before I've left a bike unlocked somewhere because I didn't want the bike anymore, and someone took it, and I'm like, um, great, I don't need to get rid of that bike anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes, that'd be so convenient. So many social circumstances as well, like. I don't know these people that well. This is a really nice tea party. The cake's amazing. Like, can I take the last slice? Or does someone else want it? I don't want to get into that awkward... <laughs> you know what I mean? You just look at it and it's just, you know, the, it says take in white and you're like, yes, I can have it. Yeah. <laughs> You've been eating the cake all evening and it's fine. It's white. <laughs> but then it gets to the last piece and it's in red and you're like... Oh. 
Yeah. And then <laughs> who, you're like, okay. who has got this piece uh, in there, you know, who, who's taking it as their own? Well, and then you just, you scan around and um, like anyone who doesn't just, uh, like anyone who has a dialogue tree, you know, <laughs> it's probably yeah. them. They're important. You'd have access to a lot more information. You'd have a HUD that told you like, like your current health, like maybe you'd know your sim bars, like... You know, we have a bit of that in real life, like how tired do I feel, whatever. But it's like it's not nearly as detailed, and and you wouldn't know mm. like the rarity of an item the minute you pick it up in one of these random <laughs> chests, like how much it's worth. Super valuable. I guess another thing is that you'd know exactly what your skill set is. Like, yeah, often people don't know what they're good at, or like they either think they're worse at something than they are, or they think they're a lot better at something than they are. Right. This would be a perfect way to just be like. Everyone knows exactly how good you are at something. And, you know, there's no point trying to trying to cheat me, Larry. We all know that you're absolutely rubbish at crocheting. So don't tell me you can make that scarf because we know you can't. Yeah, you're level 7 body and scarves unlock at level 12. So don't even... the hypotheticals podcast adriano where can people find us online we're all over the place andy oh we're everywhere everywhere that's right we're on instagram facebook twitter just search for hypotheticals that is hypotheticals the weird way we spell it but without the r Yes, and uh, if you would like to leave us a rating on a podcast app of your choice, be that Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever they may be, may take some digging, but if you could leave us a five-star rating, uh, it would mean that we would get more than at least five listeners. We would love you so, so much. And please, why not tell a friend who might enjoy listening to our dulcet tones. And we will see you next time. Bye! Oh, we're not getting a lot of outtakes recently because we, we're... We're getting too good, too sleek, I know. too professional. Although, actually, what was it that you said? <laughs> that was the bit where you said I burped in the middle. I did, god damn it. <laughs> Keep giving you... Because still, still I want it. <laughs>